Welcome to the Book Hub, an online event space hosted by Luther Seminary. Hello and welcome to this month's Book Hub. Today we are hosting a spiritual spa, cultivating hope in our bodies by connecting with the divine. My name is Leanne Pomrenke and I am your host on behalf of Faith Lead. Today will be very experiential as we are joined by three authors who invite us into practices that cultivate hope. I'm going to introduce all three of them now and we will do book giveaways at the very end. But in the middle, we invite you to be nurtured by this time together. Our first author is Heidi Barr. Heidi is a writer and wellness coach whose work is founded on a commitment to cultivating ways of being that are life-giving and sustainable for people, communities, and the planet. Her books include nonfiction, poetry collections, and even a cookbook. Today we are highlighting Heidi's most recent poetry collection, Slouching Towards Radiance, but possibly also sharing from Collisions of Earth and Sky, which launches next month. Heidi, I invite you to uh, show us your books and share briefly how your work cultivates hope. Hello, everybody. Here's Slouching Toward Radiance. And here's the other one. I don't have the real ones yet, but Collisions of Earth and Sky. And I'll be talking primarily about the poetry I'll be reading to you today from there. And then we'll be talking about some nature connection. Um, and connecting with nature is one of the things that gives me the most hope in my life because nature is one of those constants that's always there for us. Thank you. Our next author is Shonda Ja. Shonda is an ordained pastor and an anti-oppression consultant who particularly loves helping organizations get diversity, equity, inclusion teams off the ground. Shonda is the founder and former executive director of the Oakland Peace Center and author of five books. Today, we are lifting up their book launching next month with a title that is almost a sermon in itself, Rebels, Despots, and Saints, The Ancestors Who Free Us and the ancestors we need to free. Shonda, will you share about your work in cultivating hope? Yeah, so my next book is actually very much a love letter to community organizers and activists, both inside and outside the church. And we got some hard work ahead of us. And I think that the gift of our ancestors can give us hope in those hard times and those times that we think it's never going to get better because the ancestors have been through some hard things too and have some words of encouragement for us in these moments. Thank you. Our final author today is Ellie Rocher. Ellie teaches writing and yoga and also founded and facilitates Plum, a supportive online community for folks journeying toward deeper embodiment together. Today we are sharing Ellie's fourth book, the Embodied Path, Telling the Story of Your Body for Healing and Wholeness, which launched this very week. Ellie, will you show us your book and introduce how it cultivates hope in our bodies? 
Hi, Leanne. Thanks so much for the introduction and thanks for having me. Um, I'm so excited to be here. Uh, this is the Embodied Path. Yes, it just came out two days ago on Tuesday. Um, this is very fun. Thank you. Um, it gives me so much hope. So the idea of this book is that we have bodies and our bodies have stories and how we craft those stories about our bodies can, it can expand our sense of freedom and agency. And then sharing those stories in community can expand our master narratives to get more interesting and include and advocate for more bodies so that we can all know a sense of belonging um, and safety uh, in society. And so for me, that gives me so much hope because I deeply believe that the revolution starts in the self. Um, and so sometimes we can, in our work, we can get so overwhelmed with the brokenness of the world and our own bodies are always a place we can turn to, return home uh, and do the work of healing there at the body level so we can show up in community um, a little bit more regulated and a little bit more embodied. So that to me um, gives me hope every day. All right, uh, we are going to begin our spa time with an invocation. So I invite Heidi to introduce us to this time of uh, contemplation and healing. All right, well, everyone can settle in and just kind of drop into the words as we gather. Church of the Wild, today and all days, let your attention be a prayer, rolling with fog over still waters. Let your attention be a prayer, absorbing the sinking sun, an ingestion of lingering light. Let your attention be a prayer, joining birds and frogs and making a joyful noise. Let your attention be a prayer, one that fuses with all other prayers, rising in a great cloud of collected healing Earth's congregation connected in community. Attention to wild silence, a gateway to devotion. All right, let us begin. You wanna pull up the slideshow. We are going to start in the here and now. Uh, in the present. And rewilding is what I'm going to talk about a little bit in addition to reading some poems that we can continue to drop into as we root ourselves in the here and now. And rewilding to me means simplifying, living in step with the natural world. Um, so I'll be sharing some simple practices that help me stay engaged, even in busy seasons like Advent. You can go to the next slide. All right, <clears throat> our first poem from Slouching Toward Radiance. Don't let the robots get you down. There is an energy. It's there in the ether, on the ground, running through the soil, nestling deep in the bedrock, settling with the sediment of lakes, washing downstream via small tributaries into the massive veins of rivers that feed the Earth's seas. An energy untamed by technology, 
refusing to be styled into the next profitable product, a fringe refusing to be unraveled by life online, an analog C counterbalancing the digital fray. So our first rewilding practice is to identify what's often called a sit spot. And you don't have to sit when you're at your sit spot. You can stand or wander around, whatever fits for your life and your, and your body right now. Um, but the idea is to identify an easily accessible spot that's pretty close to home. So it could be the park down the road, it could be your back deck, your front stoop, whatever works in your life at this point, and spend anywhere from two to 20 minutes, whatever works in your life right now, uh, to just observe what's going on outside with your whole self, rooting into the here and now, and experience that area with all of your senses. And the key with this is don't take your phone. You want to completely unplug. So this is why it can be only two minutes if you need to start small. Two minutes is great. And you might find that you go out and you stay longer than you think. So when you're in your spot, you know, what do you hear? What do you see? What smells come to you at that place? What do you feel? Maybe even what do you taste in that spot? And you help reconnect with your creatureliness, your analog self, one that can often, and for me anyway, I feel like it gets lost sometimes when I get sucked into my screens. So technology is amazing. It's helping us connect right now, but I find that I need to set some clear boundaries around, uh, around it. So <clears throat> identify a sit spot, spend two to 20 minutes in your spot. You can do it every day, once a week, whatever works for you right now. And you can journal about this, your experience, if you like, or just let the experience be what it is, undocumented. So if you like, share, share some ideas of where you might spend your unplugged time in the next week or so in the chat. And maybe Leanne can call out a few of those as they come in. Well, we've got one, Reservoir Woods. Excellent. <clears throat> Meditation cushion, that's a good one. Feeding stray cats, I love that. Waterfront in Oakland. Cool, keep thinking about those where you might go in the next week, spend some time. All right, moving on to slow living. All right, a case for slow living in winter. Take solace in cold weather rhythms of ritual in ceremonies of the ordinary. Brew tea, fold clothes, knead bread, walk to the mailbox. There is much to savor in slowness when quality of attention allows noticing each detail. Wisps of steam rising, soft folds in well-worn shirts, hands and dough working together, snow crunching underfoot in moonlight. Celebrate this walk through dark days, this chance to do it differently to revel in slowness while light waits its turn. 
So our next rewilding practice is to do something slowly on purpose. Especially this time of the year, I find a lot of the folks who I work with in my coaching work are trying to do 500 things at once, rushing around everywhere. So it really helps people to pick one thing and just really slow it down. So pick something ordinary that you do a lot and intentionally slow it down. So maybe it's chopping carrots, making tea, folding the clean laundry, vacuuming the carpets, putting food in the bird feeder, whatever it is, just slow it way down and put all of your attention <clears throat> on doing this thing slowly. And then notice how the experience shifts when you decrease the speed. So we're gonna do the chat again, and I can look at it this time. Um, so put your ideas of what you might practice doing slowly in the next week in the chat. Walking the dog. <laughs> ah, chopping wood, that's a good one. Sipping coffee, not gulping. Mm. Tasting it. Going upstairs slowly. Gratitude on the way. We'll keep thinking about these things that you can slow down and maybe practice a few different ones in the weeks to come. All right, you can go to the next slide. We move to waking up in winter. Turn off the news. Walk to the front door. Notice how the doorknob feels cold and smooth against your bare skin. Step outside, pause, eyes shut. Wait just a moment more. Now, open your eyes, look with your whole body. Drink the vastness this space beyond holds. Revel in the wildness of the winter sky. Listen to trees cloaked in frosty glory. A story older than others shared this day. A story true, no matter who pays in mind. A story worth waking up for, even, especially, in winter. All right. So our third re rewilding practice is to touch something in nature or maybe bring nature in to you. And of course you can do all of these things at one time or you can, can break them up into pieces as a separate practices. So go outside. Maybe if you're brave in Minnesota, you stand barefoot on the snow or if you're really brave, you do the cold plunging thing, which I have yet to do myself, but I hear it's great. <laughs> <laughs> but stand barefoot, put your hands on a tree, uh, just feel the air on your skin and feel the energy flowing through that bit of wildness and into your body. Notice how you become a bit of wildness when you're out fully emerged in nature. And then maybe you find a small bit of nature, you know, a stone, a piece of fallen bark, maybe some leaves, sticks and bring them inside just as a reminder to stay connected. So this is obviously a very simple thing, something you may already do, but I find that 
being reminded of some of these things can be really helpful in a busy season. And one of my things that I like to keep indoors is a little rock that I picked up in Malta years ago. It's got a bunch of holes in it. And it just reminds me that any holes that you do have are wells for goodness to fill. So I invite you to, in the next week, go out, touch nature. If you have kids or playful adults in your life, you can play the game called Meet a Tree. If you've ever been at a camp, you may have played this in the past. Basically, you have two people. One of them puts a blindfold on. The non-blindfolded person leads the blind one to a tree. The person, you know, you meet the tree, feel the tree, smell the tree. And then you go back to where you started and take off the blindfold and you find your tree again. So that can be a fun one to, to engage. So one more, one more chat. What are some things that you either have in your house that are nature-ish or something that you might bring in in the week to come? My daughter has a whole jar full of rocks. It gets heavier every day. Part of a group that brought a piece of nature to an event that you wanted to give back to nature. Ooh, that's a cool idea. Yeah, a leaf. Random rock assortments. Oh, I love that story by Louise. All right, well, keep thinking about those things. Oh, pine branches. Very seasonal, love that. All right, well, keep bringing nature in, going outside, and remember that you are a creature. All right, so next up we have Shonda. Oh, and of course you can learn more about these things in those books. <laughs> All right, so next we have Shonda to engage us in Visio Divina using a piece of art from Slouching Toward Radiance by painter Emily Anderson. So if you have had a chance to experience Lectio Divina, where we read a sacred text and reflect on it through different lenses as we listen to it a few different times, the idea of Visio Divina is very similar. And it harkens back to the Orthodox and Catholic practices of uh, really engaging prayerfully with icons. And as Protestants have been playing around with it, they've been like, everything's sacred. So Visio Divina is something you can do with art around your church, with art around your home, with stained glass, with nature. Really all it is is encountering the sacred in what we see. So I am really excited that we're sharing something, a piece of art from uh, Heidi's book, as the source of our Visio Divina. So I'm going to go ahead and share that with you. And there we go. And I'm going to invite you to just take in that image and prepare your heart for prayer because this is an act of prayer. So Take a moment, breathe, clear your mind, invite God into this space with you, or thank God for already being in this space with you. And take a moment to allow this image to speak 
to your heart. Look at the image. Let your eyes pause and focus on the part of the image they're first drawn to. You don't have to pay attention to the whole image, but see one part of this image that you're drawn to. Gaze on just that part for a moment. Take it in, take in the textures, the colors. Now close your eyes, holding the image of that part of the painting in your mind. As you keep your eyes closed, listen for how that part of the image is speaking to you, what it is saying to you. Ponder what it is about that part of the image that is speaking to you. Go ahead and open your eyes again and now reflect on the whole image. As you take in that whole image, let it draw forth a word or an emotion or an image in your heart. As you take in the full image, what do you hear God whispering into your heart? What thoughts or questions is this image raising? What emotions does it evoke? Keep gazing as long as you need to. And then briefly close and rest your eyes. As you open your eyes one last time, look at the image and use it as a chance to respond to God. To pray through the words, images, emotions, questions, and thoughts that are now on your heart. Engage in an open-eyed prayer so that you can take in the image as part of your conversation with God. Take a moment to rest in God's presence as you reflect on this prayer experience as you reflect on the way you have heard and spoken to the divine through this image. Know that you can do this 
with any piece of art, with any object, with any piece of nature, and that the sacred can show up in all sorts of ways in this practice. And at this point, I am excited to turn to Ellie because we have engaged in where we are now. And Ellie's going to help us reflect on where we have been. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, so in the embodied path, um, it is an invitation to the reader um, to acknowledge the pathways back home to your body that work for you. And in that way, really honoring how God created you. So for me, three pathways back home to my body um, are breathwork, uh, movement, and reflective writing. Uh, we, we're learning more and more about how reflective writing can be good for our physical health. Um, our mental health, our psychological health. And so I really take um, intentional breathing, body movement, and reflective writing. All three are spiritual practices for me. Um, but your creator um, might have wired your body differently, right? So it is our work to know ourselves well, to know um, our being, and to notice what our pathways back home to our bodies are. So I'm going to invite you to engage in, in those three pathways that I love to see if they might work for you and also be turning toward your body with curiosity and reverence, thinking what might be a pathway back home um, to your body and taking that, um, that path, walking that path seriously as a spiritual practice. Um, so I'm, we've been sitting for a while. I've been on Zoom all day. Um, so I'm going to invite us to stand up if you're able, and I'm going to lead you some, through some very simple uh, body movement. Um, so there's going to be four movements and we're going to sync them with breath. If you prefer to stay off screen, that's absolutely fine for the, the panelists, it's up to you. Um, <clears throat> so the four movements are bring, bring our arms up over our head and then goal posting our arms, bringing our forearms together and then releasing our forearms down. If you prefer on the release, you can also bend forward at your hips doing a full body let go. If you're a fainter or you get lightheaded, please don't do that, just let your arms come down. Um, but if you have enough space in front of you and you want to give it a try, go ahead and let your whole upper body release. So start with your feet, hip distance apart, maybe a little bit more, pick up all your 10 toes, spread them out, place them back down on the ground softly, put a little bit of bend in your knees. And we're going to sync these movements with our breath. So inhale, arms up. Exhale, goalpost. Inhale together. Exhale, let it go. Inhale, arms up. Exhale, cactus. Inhale together. Exhale, let it go. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Last one, arms up. Goal post. Together and let it go. Okay. Take your time coming back to your chair. I invite folks always to move like pets or like small children waking up from a nap. Move with intuition. Move without any self-consciousness. Move how your body wants to be moved. Waking up that communication line between our minds and our bodies. Okay. Woo. 
thank you, um, for moving with me. Now I'm going to invite you um, to do a one-word body story, um, a one-word check-in. I'm going to invite you to close down your eyes and invite your awareness to drop down into your body. And notice how your body is feeling. We're never just one thing, but notice what is taking up the most space, what's bubbling up to the surface and attach one word to how your body is feeling. And then blink your eyes back open. I'm gonna invite you to put your one word into the chat as a way to acknowledge what kind of energy we're all bringing into this shared space, into community in this moment. Um, my body is feeling grounded. My word is grounded. Warmth, dry, creaky. Mm -hmm. Hungry. Thank you. Good. Keep them coming. So this is a calm. Thanks, Jessica. This is a really simple spiritual practice of dropping into your body, noticing how your body is feeling, and then kindly responding to how our bodies are communicating to us, recognizing the yes that's in our bodies, what our bodies are asking for, tending to our bodies, um, <clears throat> and responding. Now I'm gonna uh, invite us to breathe together, again, as a way to continue to drop in and inhabit our bodies. I deeply believe that inhabiting our bodies is one of the ways that we can acknowledge the work of our lives. Um, so I'm gonna invite you to take a shoulder roll or two, um, kind of prepare your body for stillness. Uh, rock your body weight around and establish your two sitting bones if you're seated. If you're standing up, feel the four corners of both of your feet. And then as much as you can, equally distribute your body weight on your two sits bones or on the four corners of both of your feet, gently stacking your shoulders over your hips. And then I'll invite you to blink your eyes shut or take a soft gaze at the floor or the desk in front of you. On your next inhale, reach the crown of your head up toward the ceiling. On your next exhale, gently ground down through your sits bones or through the soles of your feet. Notice the temperature of the air on your skin. Notice the feeling of your clothes touching your skin. And then allow your awareness to go deeper underneath the surface, noticing your fascia, the connective tissue, your muscles, your bones. Allowing your awareness to seep away from the surface, aware, away from where the world tells you who you should be, gently arriving more deeply inside of yourself. A remembering, a coming home. Notice that your body is breathing. 
allow the sound and the rhythm and the texture of your breath to soothe you. And then gently bring your awareness down to the tip of your tailbone. We'll meet there at the bottom of an exhale. On your next inhale, sweep your awareness from your tailbone up to your midbrain. Exhale, move your awareness from your midbrain down to your tailbone. Take your time. Inhale, tailbone to midbrain. Exhale, midbrain to tailbone. Widen the paintbrush on your next loop. Inhale, tailbone to midbrain. Take your time. Exhale, midbrain to tailbone. And when you reach the bottom of your loop, blink your eyes back open and come on back to the space. Okay, thank you. So that's one of my favorite breath exercises, just to reopen up that pathway of communication between my mind and my body. Um, we, we can be conditioned to live here in our ego, in our thoughts. And so um, that practice has been important to me where now I can be on the move and do one loop if I'm noticing the bird's nest forming in my throat uh, and reopen up uh, that pathway so that my body can um, and that I can listen and listen well. Um, okay, so I'm going to invite us to do a little bit of reflective writing. If you have a piece of scratch paper and a writing utensil, if you prefer to type, that's okay. But I like to encourage folks to have the tactile nature of handwriting. And I'll just give us a couple of minutes um, to reflect on what barriers, if any, do you have to experience your body as home? Okay, so there's very real barriers um, that there are very real invitations, right, for barriers that we have taken on in our lives. Just even acknowledging the barriers can be really powerful. When we talk about our bodies as home, coming back home to our bodies, what are the barriers for you of arriving there, of coming home and experiencing your body as home? And knowing that that's not ample time, I invite you to please circle back to that prompt and keep reflecting on it. But I'm going to give you 30 seconds just to write the thing that you need to say to your body today. Maybe it's an apology. Maybe it's a compliment. Um, maybe it's a note of gratitude, thanking your body for what it does for you. Just take a few moments and say the thing to your body that needs to be said in writing. <laughs> 
whether that's thank you or I'm sorry or you're beautiful. And then to end, I'll invite you to rub your palms together, remembering that we can create warmth with our very bodies. And then put those warm palms on your body somewhere that will be grounding, maybe your cheeks, maybe your eyeballs, maybe your heart or your belly. Place a compassionate self-touch somewhere on your body. And then we'll do a big open mouth exhale. So inhale through your nose. Open mouth, exhale. One more, inhale through your nose. Open mouth, exhale. Beautiful, thank you. And I'm going to shift it back to Shana. Thanks so much. So Heidi grounded us in where we are now and Ellie has grounded us in where we have been by inviting us to return back to our bodies as home. I'm going to move us a little bit into where we are going. And I want to do that in a really simple way. We wanted to make sure that today was very practice oriented. Uh, in this Advent season, there can be a lot of chaos and flurry and frenetic energy. And we wanted to make sure that this time is a time to settle into ourselves, to be grounded in ourselves. A lot of my work is uh, around social justice. And my most recent book, as I mentioned, is on, and my upcoming book is on ancestors. And I wanted to share with you all a guided meditation through beloved community. You may be familiar with Dr. King talking about beloved community, and I believe what he meant by that was a place where all needs are met and all gifts are honored. We tend to focus on the all needs are met, but also all gifts are honored. And I believe that that's true of all creatures and all creation, that the gifts of the earth, the gifts of the creatures, the gifts of us get honored as well as the needs of all of those being met. So I want to share with you a beloved community meditation. I pre-recorded it so that I could get a little balance of sound in the background, narration, and some visuals. And I'm going to go ahead and mute myself and then share that with you. And I hope that we can have a chance to be regrounded in the possibilities of what we are creating with our daily work of justice. I want to welcome you to this guided meditation where we get to encounter beloved community together. Take a moment to settle yourself in so you feel grounded and safe, whether that means feet solidly on the ground, whether that means 
being cross-legged, whether that means having something at your back so you feel a little safer. Settle in, take a few deep breaths. You are invited to close your eyes during this exercise, although you can also use a soft gaze if that helps you feel more grounded. Imagine your favorite justice issue has been achieved. The land is healed. People have access to public transit. Healthcare is available to everyone. Racial injustice is over. Mass incarceration is at an end. Whatever the justice issue is that you hold deepest in your heart, imagine your community now that that is no longer an issue you have to fight for. How does your community look different because you've won that struggle. Picture the place, whether it is rural or suburban or urban. Listen for the sounds. Are they the sounds of nature? Are they the sounds of children laughing on a playground? Are they the sounds of people telling good stories on the front stoop? Look around and see the colors. Pay attention to what's going on in the environment around you, whether you can feel the sun on your shoulders, whether you can feel the wind on your cheek, whether you can feel the rain or snow kissing the top of your head. Pay attention to the sounds and the smells and the sights. Notice who is able to be present with you because you have achieved victory. Maybe it's elders, maybe it's people with disabilities, maybe it's people no longer incarcerated or in detention, maybe it's children who are safe to run around and play. Maybe it's animals and nature. Maybe you're being greeted by the trees. Take a moment to savor that. encounter some ancestors in this space. Take a moment to acknowledge the ancestors who fought for a world like this, whether they are cultural ancestors or biological ancestors or spiritual ancestors. Take a moment to thank them for the work they did that made this hard to imagine moment possible. also encounter some ancestors 
who made the journey to this moment harder, who got in the way, who caused harm during their lives. Take a moment to say to them, I see what you did wrong. Here's how I've been working to fix it so that we all get to celebrate the joy of this beloved community. You might see some ancestors who needed a world like this one. Take a moment to say to them, I worked so hard so that your descendants wouldn't have to struggle the way you did. Let's enjoy this moment together. Greet them, comfort them, show them the beauty of what it is to be alive today. Take a moment to thank the divine, the sacred, around you, within you, among you, who created you to make this moment possible through your faithful and sacred work. Take a last moment to look around this beautiful and beloved community that you helped create. And when you're ready, come back into the space, renewed with the vision of what you are working towards and what is possible in the hands of the sacred and in your hands. If you feel moved in the chat box to share anything that came up in that guided meditation, who you encountered, what was beautiful about it, I'd love to hear about it. Uh, to me, a hope is what keeps me in this work. And so every so often, I need to check in on the vision that God actually has so that I can feel undefeated in good doing. I hope that you had the same experience. Thank you, Shonda. Uh, we have a few moments for conversation amongst all the panelists. Um, as you know, this month we've been focused on the theme of faith and hope. Uh, so let's have a little bit of conversation about how spiritual practices work. Um, we probably all have something to say about that from what we have just experienced, but how do you um, notice spiritual practices working uh, in your faith and life? Would anybody like to start responding? I can go. I think for me, it all comes back to feeling grounded and rooted 
where I am right now, that is a recurring theme for me uh, these days, just feeling rooted in the present and being fully here, experiencing what's going on and turning to simple spiritual practices just keeps me coming back to that because it's so easy to drift. Um, I, I just, I think we're always practicing. Um, and so it, it's really about asking what, what are we practicing? What do we want to practice? Um, and then being intentional. Um, Heidi and I talk about in 12 Tiny Things, like doing a habit with attention can turn it into a ritual. Um, and so it's not that I think there's sometimes we put spiritual practice on a pedestal and think there's a certain way that it has to look and it has to be, it should probably be something, something that we should be doing, but we're not doing when really um, it can just be placing attention on the things that we are already doing, noticing that what we are practicing. Um, so, you know, Resma Menachem uh, informed the book that I wrote and he, he talked about how healing is hard, but so is not healing. Um, and so, you know, for, for my body work as spiritual practice, repressing things and trying to climb up over them and live in my mind, that's a practice as well. Um, and so I'm turning toward this practice of dropping in and inhabiting my body. And so acknowledging, um, acknowledging that we're constantly in practice and how we spend our day is how we spend our lives. Um, and so bringing some attention to our day. Can we, can we, be there every moment of every day? No, right? But um, especially in Advent as this invitation to, to winter, to rewild, to live slower, as Heidi says, um, to live with a little bit more attention, um, knowing that, that each step that we take is, is a practice. And I think there's contentment that comes with practice. Um, that is that grounding um, as well that, that Heidi talks about. Um, so finding these things we're already doing, where can, we, where can we do it with attention? Where can we do it one thing at a time? Um, and so it's bringing a richness where we're awake to the life that we've been given as a gift. I love this question, Leanne, thank you. Um, you know, for me, hope itself is a spiritual practice. Uh, there's, an, there's a Quaker aphorism I teach my students all the time, which is we are not called to be successful. We are called to be faithful. And I think that can help me, at least with the overwhelm of how daunting changes in the world can be, um, how daunting the work of change in the world can be. And so I need to practice the act of hope. I need to practice believing that God and we can collaborate to create a more just world. And sometimes I need to do that because things feel like they're going backwards. And so that practice of hoping, of imagining a different future than our present really is what keeps me in the work and keeps me grounded. Oh, 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 okay. So <laughs> um 
I just have a million things. That was so beautiful and generative for me. Um, so hope in action, like the audacity to hope. I think that there's so much here for Advent because um, sometimes we mistake waiting as waiting passively um, instead of the waiting that looks like preparation. And I love your ancestor meditation of like, we might, we, we, we might be preparing the way for something we will never see, but we're passing on as inheritance to our descendants. Like that is an act of hope. Um, and, and I, I deeply believe that our society, we've been conditioned to move so fast. We're so frantic. We're so on the surface that we don't allow time to dream. And so much of this is a failure of prophetic imagination. Um, and so how is Advent calling us to put down the frantic for the sake of dreaming? And then so that we can see where we are going, we've so lost our way in the spinning. Once we have the dream, then we can put that hope into action, preparing the way. Again, maybe we will not get there, um, but we can pass it on to our descendants. I just love the conversation of how we weave hope uh, and Advent together um, as spiritual practice. Beautiful. I always come back to Mary Oliver's words in attention is the beginning of devotion. That sums it up so well. Active hope. Thank you. And Heidi, let's stay with you. And you are going to close us in a benediction. Close this spa time and then we will do book giveaways. <clears throat> okay. A benediction. May you give your attention to that which lights you up with aliveness, to that which leaves you bursting with radiance, to that which adds peace to the tumult that is part of existing on an evolving planet. May you find delight, revel in pleasure, cherish your body and give it what it needs, honor your mind, Nourish it with curiosity and enough rest to be curious for another day. Let the perplexing beauty of a human experience fill your being with luminosity and reverence. Keep going outside, even when it's cold or too hot. May you build your capacity for attentiveness and give voice to the bits of astonishment that gather in the wake of doing so. May you feel your spirit join with something greater than yourself and remember the oneness that makes the world pulse with love. May you give in to wonder because the world needs you to keep wonder alive. May you walk toward what comes next with peace, faith, and hope at your center.